Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're about to listen to an episode of The Tour Coach, which is going to give you an inside look at coaching golf at the very highest level from on the PGA Tour with my guys all the way to here at Mobile, Alabama in the Dew Sweeper Dome as we help folks of all skill levels, all walks of life, learn to achieve their golfing goals. All right, Tony. So I'm excited to do this podcast with you. My name is Cordy Walker. If folks don't know, I run something called the Golf Science Lab, where we're trying to share interesting things that are going on in the world of golf. This whole series, Tony, is to kind of see what you do and see what's going on in the world of golf instruction on tour. So I guess just take us through quickly, like, what does like being a coach on tour, what does that even mean? What's that mean? Uh, Good question. I think it means a lot of things. I think everybody out there wears a lot of hats. I think the hats that you wear, you know, I think they're different for each coach. I would think that, you know, the things that the folks that you see week in, week out there, everybody's different. You know, I think that probably what Scott Hamilton does or John Tillery or Claude Harmon III or some of those guys or Drew Steckel, I I think everybody's different. You know, so for me, you know, obviously, I kind of see myself more as a coach and, you know, a performance coach, you know, so I obviously I work on their golf swing or and we monitor things that we're doing in their golf swing, you know, but I also, you know, have stats and things that I look at and, you know, address other parts of the game. I try to help each player stay focused or directed on the things that I think or that we think are the most important aspects of the game at that time to get them to perform better. And so, you know, each week when I go, I generally have a pretty good idea, you know, where my efforts and where my attention for each player is going to be. And I think that it's different for each player. I think that's the the one thing that's that about what we do that is different. So you have kind of a, a group of players that you work with on a consistent basis, right? About how many players do you have in your kind of like tour stable? Is- so, you know, you, you know, on the PGA Tour, I have Lucas Glover, Tom Lovelady, Sepp Straka. You have Zach Suker, who's coming back for medical. And so, you know, he'll play some tour this year. He'll play some web, you know, and then on the web tour, you've got Luke Guthrie, who's doing some Monday qualifiers and has some status and going to be getting in. And you have Robbie Shelton. I had Michael Johnson. We quit working together just a little bit while back. But so, you know, got a couple on the web and you got three to four. Zach will be on the web a bunch, too. So you got two to three on the web and you got three to four on the tour. So, you know, from my perspective, for me, that's I think that's the right number. I was talking with somebody, you know, and obviously you've got guys on Canada, Latin America going through that and China. Young uh, got a guy over at China right now. So. You know, you've got those guys that are coming up. But, uh, you know, for me, that's the right number. And I think that number and that mix is different for every every coach. Maybe explain, like, what does that relationship look like? Because, you know, a lot of people probably just think it's like they, you, you know, stand behind them as they hit balls on the range in an event. And then they might come and you work on their golf swing, you know, for a day at your place or something but you know what i've seen when we've been hanging out it's it's way more than people could could ever imagine so like what is it like what is entailed with your job with with these players i think it and and again i think that's where you and i've talked a bunch of times 
you know, recorded things as well as just sitting around it, that it's different for every, every player and different for every coach. But for me, again, I mean, you know, the stuff that I do is, you know, it's, I mean, I think we handle everything. I mean, I think we, we handle their golf swing. We handle their, we help them with their short game. We help them see what's keeping them from performing better. I mean, and it's different for every player. I mean, you take a, you know, you take a guy like a Sepp Straka who's brand new out there, right? He's a rookie and he's never had a lot of structure, I don't think. I mean, and, it, you know, he's, you know, he just loves to play golf. So, you know, my goal and job with him is, is one to be a set of eyes that keeps his golf swing within the parameters of the things that we like. And then two is to slowly but surely give him more structure to how he works, to how he prepares. And I don't think you just jump in there and you change everything about a guy or you change everything about how a guy operates. And so my goal is to, you know, slowly give him what I feel like is a little more structure, you know, and how he prepares and how he looks at things and, and how we monitor and how we keep track of what's going on in his golf swing. So, you know, that would be way different than what you would do with a Lucas Glover who's played for what, 17, 18 years. I mean, Lucas is very structured. He's very regimented. You know, so my approach and the things that I do with Lucas would be way different than what I would do with Sepp. And you take a guy like Tom Lovelady, who's in his second year out there. And, you know, like right now, I would say, you know, with Tom, his golf swing is probably as good as it's ever been. He's hitting the golf ball as good as he's ever been. And the stats and statistically kind of verify and back that up. And so, you know, it has been figuring out why the performance hasn't been as good. And then part of it with Tom is, helping him see that if you keep doing the things we're doing and you're patient, that the results are going to pay off. So one goal of this podcast is you help players with all aspects, right? It's not just about golf swing. It's like looking at everything. So you're not only going to be talking with these players who you just mentioned, right? On a regular basis, you're going to be hearing interviews and stuff from from these folks, but you're also going to talk with the folks that you use as, as resources, as reference that work with your players. So all aspects are going to be covered here. And, and, and wow. some of the folks that, that I use as resources are resources that the players may talk to and use like a guy like Greg Carton. Right. But then there's folks like Mac Barnhart, who I think is going to be one of the more interesting ones that we've done, who, while he does talk to a couple of the players, he has a relationship. There's a bunch of the folks that I teach and the players that I develop that he doesn't know or have a relationship with that I bounce things off of and that I go to for advice when it comes to helping people perform better. And it's the same with, you know, so that's what's interesting to me, or I think that people are going to see is that in the, the process of developing or, you know, if it's in the case of younger players coming up or if it's you know, some of the older guys that, you know, you, you have this team of folks behind you that you rely on for help and to bounce things off of. And sometimes they're very involved with the player. And then sometimes they're not very involved with the player at all. And they're just people I go to that I have a great deal of trust. You know, Scott Lynn would be one of those people. I don't know that Scott Lynn necessarily sits down with me with the player very often, but yet I share videos and swing catalyst information and stuff fairly frequently to pick his brain from a biomechanic side and then take that information and discern what I want to dish out to the player. 
we've already recorded quite a few of these different episodes and been working on this for a while. So I have a bit of context about what everyone's going to hear when they dive into these episodes after this this first one. One of the most interesting things or, or that I'm most excited about is these check-ins with the players that you work with. Just the insights and like the things that, that players are thinking about is is just fascinating. Like for instance, you had a bunch of your players down in Florida and you guys kind of sat around and just talked. And it was It's just great to hear all the banter and just like everything that guys are thinking about because it's probably not what most folks think, I would guess. Yeah, I don't, you know, again, when we started doing this, Cordy, I wasn't necessarily sure what, you know, what people think and or what they think that we do. But I think what the players think and what they're, what they think is important is probably different than what most people think that they think, you know? And again, I think the interesting thing, like you take uh, the one when we were in South Florida, when we were down there in Jupiter, you know, you have Luke Guthrie and Zach. Sucre, I mean, two po- folks that are in different places in their career and have had different amounts of success. So I always think it's important to, I think it's interesting to hear how people at different places and with different experiences view things that are going on. And I think that's how, you know, that's how I learn a lot. I, and we've talked a lot about, you know, team or the folks that I use as resources and support, but a lot of the, also a lot of the information that I have and a lot of the, you know, things that I bounce things off of are other players. You know, when a player is struggling, I'll often at dinner with another player, talk to him about one of my guys. Like, what do you think? Why do you think this is happening? You've been there. What, what helped you? Those types of things. Cause you know, I think, I think that's just a, easier way to get uh, to get some answers and to get some possible solutions when a player's struggling. And to me, that's the most frustrating part about what I do, or why I'm sure what any of these great coaches do is, you know, every time you're going to hit periods of time where players struggle. And if you teach enough guys, you've always probably got somebody struggling at some point in time. I don't think you I mean, I haven't been fortunate enough to have a period of time where everybody's hitting on all cylinders and clicking for an extended period of time. So every week at some point, we've probably got somebody that's not playing great and struggling. And so it's a constant battle to try to help each of those people figure it out. And that's the frustrating part or the challenging part for us, because I think if you do this, you develop a relationship. I think the one thing that will be clear through listening to this is probably that I care a lot about my players. I think that I get pretty emotionally invested. I think at times I probably get too emotionally invested, and I'm sure there's been times, I know there's been times, that I've probably taken things too personally. I've texted things probably to folks that maybe when I look back on things, you know, you probably should have handled it different or said things different. But in the end, I mean, that's me and how I am, and it's authentic and it's emotional and it's It's part of why I think I'm successful with a lot of folks and why it works a lot of the ways. But at times, I think you ruffle feathers and you make things mad by being honest and being authentic. So I think that folks are going to see that. What does your typical schedule look like so people can kind of understand what that is? You know, how often are you out at tournaments? How often do players, you know, come to your studio and mobile there? What's kind of that schedule look like? You know, uh, so like I went out 28 times last year between the PGA Tour and Web. I mean, that's a lot, you know, 
my goal this year is to be less reactive, be have every year I think we're always trying to improve what we do. And so this year I'm trying to, you know, still go. I like to go once every three weeks, two to three starts for a guy. And, you know, obviously you have guys at different places in their career, so they get in different events. But my goal is to and my attempt is to go to the events where you can see all of the guys at one time and it's more efficient. It also allows them to work and play together a little bit, which I think benefits all of the all of the folks involved. So, you know, I'm going to go shoot. I'm going to go to 20 some events this year and uh, in st- you got to go to the web events for those guys. And you don't go to those quite as frequently. I don't think uh, they have bigger blocks of time off right now. Like they're going to be off for a month. So you're going to have time to see each one of these players a little bit there. And then as far as when do they come through mobile, that's, it varies. You know, you got guys like Lucas with a family. So when he's off, I mean, his time is much more geared towards being home with his wife and his kids. And so he probably comes to mobile a little bit less and I may venture down there, but again, you know, a couple times a year on his way to a tournament, he's still going to stop in mobile and we're going to work. And then the other guys, I would say it's, you know, every few months, they tend to stop in Mobile during one of their off weeks. I mean, Tom, obviously, he's made a point at the beginning of the year. He was like, I, we do better work in between events when we go to Mobile because we have, you know, we have all of the tech. We have the swing catalyst, all the stuff set up. We have It's private. We have the ability to work on what we work on as much as we need. And, you know, SEP just likes coming down and having pork chops, I think, at my house and spending a day and working. So, so again, I think that's the beauty of this, of what we do. And I'm sure that there's a lot of similarities to other coaches, but every person's program is different and it's geared to where they are as a player and where they are in their life and the things that they have going on. And, and what I believe you have to do to be successful as a coach is you have to be you have to be able to be who you are and authentic with who you are, but you have to have the ability to adapt to the player's needs to make your coaching program work for them. So it's going to be really fun about this is, uh, is you're going to sit down and you already have been with players when they stop in in Mobile there and just talk about what you're working on, talk about what they're, you know, what they're thinking, what they're working on. And it's just going to be really cool to check in throughout the year and see how things evolve and develop and kind of how you're helping these players progress. So I'm excited about that aspect of of this podcast because it you don't get to see that too often. Uh, kind of a candid look at it. You know, and I think it's going to be fa- I think it's fascinating the different places that they're in in their careers and their lives and how the stuff coming up shapes and changes who they are. I mean, I think like the one w- with Brad Gale who is in China now, right? I mean, his willingness to just go and play wherever he can to learn and to get out there with having come up and, you know, always trying to prove himself, I think is a fantastic story. And it's really interesting, you know, and then you take a guy that played at Georgia where like Sep, where they're always competing and you see how that shaped how he is and how he doesn't seem to worry or panic when he misses a couple cuts in a row because he's always had a qualify and he's not played every event at every level along the way. I mean, so I think it's, it's going to be some really unique insight. And I think folks can take a lot from that because every person's story is different. Every person's experience is different. And the key is to find what from your story and 
your experiences you can use to help make you as good as you can be. I love the aspect that we do get to hear all these perspectives because no two stories are the same, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, that, you know, all these guys are reaching the same level of success or, you know, they're able to shoot these same scores and compete, et cetera, et cetera. But like, there aren't that many similarities between everyone. You know, some guys make it right out of the gate. Other guys take a decade, all kinds of different backgrounds. And I think it's really cool to hear that because you see that it's more about the mindsets and the way they approach things rather than like the specific X's and O's, which are the keys. Yes. And, and, and I mean, everybody's different, but I I think that, uh, and like you said, it is surprising how many differences there are between all of these players. And like you said, I mean, you have the guys that came out and had success, you know, success right away. And then you have the guys that, you know, you have guys that, you're going to hear from guys as we go along that didn't play at very big schools that played at small schools like Elon college. And then, you know, and then you got the guys that played in the sec and the ACC. And so there's all these different paths. And, you know, one of the thing is, you know, from being around here, like I teach a lot of young folks, a lot of junior golfers. And I think the one thing I've learned is that there is the road to play in professional golf, whether it's the web.com or the PGA tour is there's a lot of different, roads and maps that'll get you there you know and so i think that and that's kind of been something that i've learned and really stressed to folks is that there's so many different ways to get there and our job as a coach or a teacher is to help every player discover what's the right road for them and i think it's different and i mean sometimes we don't go down the right road at the very beginning you know sometimes we you know we go a little bit down the wrong road and we got to make a left but you know that's our job as a coach Yeah. So you bring up something else is that this is not the only thing that you do. You have, you know, a bunch of students, you are really good at developing junior golfers. Maybe just shed a little bit of light on the rest of your life outside of being a a coach on tour. Well, you know, so it it evolves and it changes every year and, and you develop towards what you want and what you like to do. And, and so, you know, there's folks that just teach tour players and do what we do here, what you, what everybody's getting an insight in. And it obviously takes, as I've gone along, that has taken more and more of my time. You know that from the projects that we've worked on. I mean, it gets, you know, there's less time and there's, it's harder to find time to do things. But I, I still, you know, I've made a conscious effort and conscious decision that I, I still really love and enjoy being involved in the development of high schoolers and college players towards trying to reach their golfing goals and develop players. And I mean, to me, that's the real art of teaching. I mean, I think that taking a tour player and tweaking them, somebody that's already really good is while it's fun. And I think it can be rewarding. It's for sure rewarding and it's challenging. I mean, I don't know that it gives you the satisfaction of taking somebody from high school that was a marginal high school player to play in college, being very successful and then to play in professional golf. To me, that's real teaching and that's a real art. And so I, I still, I'm still crazy passionate about doing that. And I spend a lot of time doing that when I'm home. I mean, you know, if you follow Instagram and those things, you see how many good junior players. I mean, I've got three, I think right now that are going to go play from high school into the sec in the next, you know, within the next 12 to, 18 months. 
and then I've got some college players. So I'm still very involved in that and enjoy it. And I mean, to me, I would actually say that's probably the more important thing that I do because you have such at that age to me, you have such an impact, not only on them as a player, but on them as a person and, and the way they view things. I mean, young folks at that age, it's 15, 16, 17 years old are very impressionable and you have a chance to instill upon them some of the things that I think are real important. To kind of wrap, what folks are going to get when they listen to these these following episodes and these series, or they're going to kind of see what's going on in the world of golf instruction at the highest level, from you know a player's perspective, from your perspective, from you know the other kind of references and resources in the community that that you're using to help your players and all that stuff, it, kind of in a really candid manner. Yeah, and I think one of the fun things that we're going to do is to, you know, look, there's not as you know. And you've dealt with lots of these guys on your podcast, like, but the group of people that teach those elite players isn't a, an abnormally large group. I don't think, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think it's like there's 400 guys. And so I also think that for the most part, that group of teachers has a good working relationship, understanding of each other and, and a little bit of a closeness, because I think we understand that, I mean, what we do is different. And, you know, and, and have a respect for each other and how they and how everybody works different and has different attributes and different strengths. And, you know, I think in, in, a, in an odd way, we pull for each other and uh, we are also resources for each other. And, and that's one of the things I want to share as we go along too. you know, hey, some of the voices of some of these other teachers. I mean, there's some great teachers that are out there, but I, I mean. And, and not to turn it around on you, but I think people would think that there's more of us out there and there's not that many folks that teach regularly week in, week out on the PGA Tour. No, I am excited to hear that as well. I mean, we've talked about before how like a player that you work with isn't necessarily a good fit for another coach and, and vice versa. Like a, a player has to find the right fit in a coach as well. So that's why, you know, that camaraderie can exist and does exist so well because everybody's a little bit different and is going to work best with different kinds of players in a sense. So it's not this uber competitive mentality. So I am excited to, yeah, when you sit down with other coaches out there and kind of talk about what you're working on and all that kind of stuff, I think it's going to be fun to hear that perspective as well. Yeah. And I, and the one thing that I think is very important, and I think people will hear this through all this. So is I think it's the continuity of message, continuity in what you're working on, finding somebody that you trust that you can work with, that's going to go the extra mile for you, I think is way more important than having immediate success and is way more of a value than when you hit a stretch where you don't play great, just abandoning everything and jumping to somebody else for some immediate results. I think that, I think that the long term benefit always outweighs the short term. Perfect. So hit subscribe on the podcast, follow Tony on Instagram. And there's some good episodes coming down the pipeline. Thanks, Tony. This is a fun project. Absolutely. Thanks, Gordy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast, you can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com. Get all the details on what he's up to. 
Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. The rule of three states, things that come in threes are inherently more appealing than those that don't. With our GMC Yukon, Acadia, and Terrain, we couldn't agree more. Step up to the family-focused Yukon, built for transporting your family across town to school or across the country, or the 2019 GMC Acadia, delivering available third-row seating for up to seven passengers. Need something mighty? Then meet the 2019 GMC Terrain, built with the perfect combination of styling, utility, and efficiency. Three sizes, one GMC. Choose like a pro. Step up to GMC with 16% below MSRP on most 2019 Acadia and Terrain models when you finance through GM Financial. We are professional grade. GMC. Excludes SL models. Includes price reduction below MSRP and purchase allowance. Must finance through GM Financial. Some customers will not qualify. Not available with some other offers. Take retail delivery by 4119. See participating dealer for details. There's one thing if you know about me, if you've listened to the Dew Sweepers, you've come to listen to me talk, is you know I'm big on loyalty. We give 100% here at the Dew Sweepers. We put a lot of emotional investment into everything we do with every one of our players. And the same can be said for our partners and the folks that have been with us for the long haul and help the Dew Sweepers, help our juniors, help us get to our tour players. And so I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our sponsors are, first and foremost, Buick and our local Buick dealers here around the Southeast, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, who've been with me for over a dozen years, and their belief and support of what we do here with the Dew Sweepers. And lastly, the folks at Vineyard Vines. The folks at Vineyard Vines love what we do with junior golf. They support us on the road. There isn't a better family or group of people that are going to help us look our best, play our best, and have more fun than the folks at Vineyard Vines. So special thanks to our sponsors. Please support those as you get the opportunity. And for more information about any of those, check us out at dewsweepersgolf.com, or you can always check me out on Instagram at the Dewsweeper.